0: We, are we have we got yeah okay fine um we've got this you might have gathered with the um, video that we had earlier but with no sound by the way if I'm I I might refer to the couple that are going out in my talk and. It's not that I don't know them or that I'm getting old and I've forgotten who they are. I know perfectly well, but because of the situation where um, and this might end up on the the web The um, there will be a certain degree of anonymity and um, I've made a note of that if I happen to Mention names places then we'll just make sure the thing doesn't get on there Um, but I brought I asked for a clip to be shown this morning Ah, it looks like we've got the clip, but it might have to do with closed captions We'll see if it works if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't I'll try and make a link anyway So, um, we'll see how this goes guys yeah ignore that. Um, what you didn 't get there obviously you didn 't get the audio at all don 't worry it's fine these 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 things happen but the um my kids will tell you that kind of they would remember Friday nights because it was the time that Frasier would air, and they 'd have gone to bed and they would be interrupted trying to get to bed with this <laughs> you know, kind of like. As, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was louder than that. Because, uh, quite honestly, I think Frasier is one of the funniest things that's ever been on the TV, and I think Kelsey Grammer is an extraordinary actor. And uh, I was intrigued. I came across this clip a few months ago, and uh, I, I was trying to find this film, and it wasn't going to be, for some reason or other, released in the UK. And now it is. And albeit that that was shown without audio, so you kind of have to get the slightly rubbish closed captions, which don't actually quite uh, come up to what's being shared. But Kelsey Grammer is an extraordinary actor, Grammy Award winning, um, had some struggles in his personal life. And a little while ago got asked to play a guy called Chuck Smith, who um, was a real life pastor back in the States. And Suddenly, Kelsey Grammer is finding himself being moved emotionally and touched in the depths of his heart, has been asked to play this American pastor. And the movie, and I don't know whether or not we, we get the picture or not, but um, the, uh, back in the 1970s, late 60s, early 70s, uh, Time magazine produced a magazine, and on the cover, it was a slightly psychedelic picture of Jesus with the, the phrase, the Jesus revolution, and That's now bit. They've taken the title of that and turned that into a movie starring Kelsey Grammer and it's basically the origins of Calvary Chapel and the vineyard movement, which the uh, The move of God through the vineyard has touched the spiritual life of our nation and of other, other nations um, I've not seen the movie, but Jay John thinks it's brilliant and I know I, I like Jay John. I trust J. John's judgment, but The reason I'm raising this to you is not to say, hey, go and see this film. Though, If you like films, and it happens to be on in Worcester, I've not actually managed to confirm that that's the case, and you know people who you could invite to go and see a film together, it's like, why not go to the pictures with someone? If that's the kind of thing that you do. If you don't, and it's a strange invitation for you, don't. But the other thing is, is that just be aware there's this film out. Some people that you know might have seen the film, and they might be open to a discussion. As some of us were around when the uh, movie *The Passion of the Christ* was um, was released, and that was a that was a talking point. Um, the Shack was in the cinema, and you know, kind of some of you, uh, some of you might not like the Shack, but yeah, it, nonetheless, it was a talking point. It was a film that was out there, and sometimes we have to be aware of these cultural points where sometimes things jump. The the kind of railings of where we would normally assume them to sit and we we get an opportunity and we we get a point to talk So that's the only reason I mentioned that Um, I'm going to speak this morning from uh, Luke chapter 10 Um, I was a little bit panicked um, A few weeks ago. Well panic is a bit of a strong word really Uh, But um, sometimes when I preach Richard basically says, you know, preach on whatever you like, whatever you feel stirred by. Other times it's a little bit more kind of, would you do an equipping talk, would you do whatever? And uh, I was kind of sensing, and it's kind of the way that I, I function as a preacher, is I kind of try and sense, well, okay, if I'm doing an equipping talk, what do, what, how do I do it? What, what verse do I use? And I was kind of sensing this verse... And I, I, I was kind of feeling the way that things were going, and I think, like, actually, do you know what, there's, there's a thread here in what the Holy Spirit is saying to us as a church, this is really, really good. And Dave stood up a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, and I thought, from what he's sharing, really, of the passages that he could use, he could well use on the one that I'm going to use in a couple of weeks, not having told anybody. And Then uh, Dave announced Luke 9. I thought oh, that's all right sending out the 12. That's fine I'm doing Luke 10 and then he said Luke 10 I like, oh dear now. I hope he's not going to use my points either. Thankfully he didn't But I kind of feel that there's a thread that God is taking us along and then a couple of weeks ago Jim was talking about seed and why has God given us a granary and a storehouse in the middle of Worcester and God is speaking to us God is kind of taking us along on a thread and on a journey the journey is not the destination, but we don't need to beat ourselves because we're not quite there yet. And Rachel and I got quite taken up at Brian and Pat's recommendation about the programme Our Yorkshire Farm. And if you've not watched it, it's absolutely superb. It will teach you a lot of stuff about parenting, a lot of stuff about the process of, of harvesting and looking after sheep and plowing and sowing and watering and reaping. And you, you can't reap unless you've broken up the ground, unless you've watered, unless you've sown, and unless you've... you won't reap. Um, some of you might even enjoy Clarkson's farm actually, but as well some of you might find it a bit of a challenge But actually it's one of the hilarious things but kind of uh, You suddenly realize that there's a lot of stuff that goes in You don't just walk and think all oh, right, okay I'm gonna reap let's walk out and reap you've got to first of all plow the field You've got to plow the field in a particular way Clarkson seems totally incapable of doing that, even though he's got a Lamborghini tractor. And there's this guy, Caleb, that he kind of works with, who keeps saying, no, you're doing it wrong! And the fact is, sometimes we can kind of beat ourselves up in the whole process and Jesus used lots of agricultural and horticultural metaphors about how we work with the gospel about how we break up the ground how we plow the ground how we sow how we water how we reap and we can kind of just focus on the reaping and thinking oh we're doing it wrong but the fact is that God is well able sometimes to bypass the process we we reap where others are sown or sometimes all we do is we plow up the ground for other people to come along and sow and reap I mean, I've had the great privilege over the years of preaching the gospel and seeing people come to faith and people healed, and quite honestly, it's the grace of God that sometimes makes me look a bit good, whereas other people have done all the hard graft. They've broken up the ground, they've wept in tears, they've prayed, they've sown water, then some smart-aleck evangelist comes along just preaches the gospel of God, and then, bang, people get saved. Well, there's a process that goes in it but we shouldn't beat ourselves up because we're on a journey and we haven't quite got to the destination yet and if all we're doing is we're, uh, we're hired to labor in the field and we, plow and we 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 plow and break up the ground and somebody else sows and somebody else reaps that's fine, it's okay but let's be adaptable you see, even the apostle Paul said I planted the seed Apollos watered it but God made it grow it's God that does it a passage that I'm going to read I'm going to read from Luke chapter 10 verse 1 says this after this the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go he told them the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few ask the lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into his harvest field go i am sending you out like lambs among wolves do not take a purse or bag or sandals do not greet anyone on the road when you enter a house first say peace to this house if someone who promotes peace is there your peace will rest on them if not it will return to you Stay there eating and drinking, whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house when you enter a town and are welcomed. Eat what is offered to you, heal the sick who are there, and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Holy Spirit, we ask you, would you inspire our hearts this morning, engage us in our spirits And give us illumination from your word, please, in Jesus' name. I don't have time this morning to deal with all of the things in this passage. But I felt that there were two things that God wanted me to bring out. So I have two points this morning and probably one action point. So just so you know. And my first point is this, is that God is at work. It's quite interesting from this passage, you know, kind of... And, uh, Dave landed in Luke 9 for us a few weeks ago. In Luke 9, Jesus sends out the 12. And it says, Jesus sent out the 12. Uh, and in the parallel passage, it says, don't go to the Samaritans, don't go here, go to the lost sheep of Israel. Here, it's quite interesting. It starts off, it says, the Lord... And it's the only passage that the, deals with this kind of thing where it says, the Lord. And there's a, the, the Bible is always very, very clear in its choice of words. I know we work with translations, but uh, the, the words that are used are interesting. This is the Lord exercising his lordship and sending a message out. I think it's quite interesting that we've had the coronation uh, the police have had a little bit of criticism for rounding up. People are going with the placards, not my king. Um, personally, I think, you know, I'm not going to get into the politics of it, but I think, yeah, we, we should have free speech and people should be free to demonstrate if they want, peacefully. But I do sometimes want to cheekily say to the people who are saying, not my king, well, where do you come from? They go, the United Kingdom. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Who's your king? <laughs> um, but the the point is, that is my whole thing about this whole thing, not my king. Well, yes, he is. I'm sorry, but you live in the United Kingdom. He is your king. And it's all these people... Who, there is a host of people out there who either don't know the proclamation of the king, and, you know, I love Charles Third. I think he's actually doing a good job. I know he's got a hard act to follow with his mother, but I think he's doing a good job so far. He isn't his mother, but... Uh, the fact is... There are a lot of people out there who either don't or won't follow Jesus right now, who either by their lifestyle or by their words are saying, not my king. And actually, I'm sorry, yes, he is. And I think we need to sometimes get away in our head with this thought we sometimes have of, you know, and sometimes evangelism is like, oh, you know... I think you follow jesus feelings are a bit hurt you know behold he stands at the door and Like, let, let him in you know kind of always oh, feel a bit sorry for jesus no the king is coming he's the king whether you know it or not whether you believe it or not whether you accept it or not he is in charge and his rule is coming and his reign is coming which is good news considering the economic shambles we're in at the moment the reign of god will prevail because the nations of the earth are being shaken god is in charge and in the 12 god god jesus sends out the 12 which kind of symbolizes the you know the renewed people of god the 12 tribes of israel but here he sends out 72 some manuscripts have 70 some say 72 there is a parallel either way to the nations of the known world at the time And there is a symbolism in this passage of saying that the king is seeing the message of the kingdom going out to the nations. And I think that's one of the reasons why God is giving us the granary. It's a storehouse of grain for the nations. You see, this is not that we have delusions of grandeur about who we are. As a church, historically, by the grace of God, we have always punched above our weight. And God has given us this building so that we can touch the ends of the earth with the glory of God. Starting with here and going out all the way out there. It's our call and it's our commission. Not because we're up to much, but because the King is coming. The King is coming. God save the King. Long live the King. And the fact is, is that God is at work I was so thrilled when Pete prayed about the work of God God working in history God has been working in history God is working now and will continue to work I mean it's interesting I mean I'm I'm gonna throw a couple of examples in here I had a dream recently I I don't normally dream well I probably do I don't recollect them apart from the occasional absurd things about I once woke up choking and Rachel said, are you all right? I went, yeah, I'm fine. He said, no, 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 you were, you were choking. And I went, well, you would if you'd swallowed a toothbrush and went back to sleep. <laughs> I mean, obviously a slightly absurd, nonsensical dream with no spiritual attachment to it whatsoever. <laughs> hey, but the thing is, is that I find myself these days, I dream a little. And I'm thinking like, <sighs> I'm now dreaming dreams. This must mark, according to the Acts of the Apostles, my transition into being an old man. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I'm quite comfortable with that. What it means, hey, (laughs) welcome to be an old man. Hey, that's all right. But um, I dreamed a few weeks ago. I said, that was a weird dream. I said, I I dreamt I was doing Alpha again. She said, you should. I think you're like, no, I closed that door. It's kind of, that's a chapter in the past. It's, it's no. And then Jeff Steady, who some of you will know from the 11.15, he said, can we have coffee? I went, yeah, let's have coffee. And uh, he was talking about this School of Prophecy Mark II thing that he's doing. He said, would you be involved with that? And kind of, we want to talk about signs and wonders. And will you share some of your healing stories and that kind of thing? Yeah, I'd love to do that. And uh, he went, would you do Alpha with me? (sighs) And he went, you don't look enthusiastic. I said, I think I've been ambushed by God, Jeff. Think of doing alpha, but you know it 's but you know God is at work that 's current. you see it could be that you know you you see and you hear about Malawi and you cry because people 's homes are swept away and they have no food, and so you do something, and then people are fed in Malawi, and Richard's now got loads of pictures about you know we just did something, he felt a prompting there was an offering people are fed because someone moved on a prompting god is at work you know it could be a prayer gazebo or you know you just move on a prompting and people hear about the love of god toward them god is at work my i've got a friend called greg i'd only met him fairly recently and he was telling me about this 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 little story And he he had this. I took my kids to see the Star Wars movies when they were younger, and uh, uh, I I sent my eldest son a a, a text on May the Fourth, it being kind of Star Wars Day. I went, "May the Fourth be with you," (laughs) followed up by, "I am your father." (laughs) (laughs) And um, Greg had this fridge magnet, Darth Vader, "I am your father," and it it just felt put in your pocket. It just felt put it in your pocket. And he went, he was out for lunch, and he's been waited on by this guy, Star Wars tattoos up his arm. I he went, those are interesting tattoos. I mean, there are some Christians who are going, like, why have you got tattoos, Leviticus says. Leviticus says don't have mixed fibres in your garments as well, but lots of us do. You know. <laughs> anyway. Um, so Greg says to him, interesting tattoos. He goes, yeah, I'm a Star Wars super." Ah, well, super fun. Interesting. And has a little bit of a chat with him. And at the end of the meal, Greg felt the Holy Spirit say to him, Give him your fridge magnet and a good tip. And then offered to pray for him. Okay. Bit kind of outside the comfort zone for how some of us would work in a restaurant. But Greg went to him and he said, um, Thank you for looking after me. Here's the bill. Something for you. He said, Oh, and he said, I've got this for you. As you're a Star Wars superfan. fan, and he gave him this fridge magnet, Darth Vader, I am your father. He went, wow, thank you. That's really cool. And then Greg said, said I felt the Holy Spirit say to, him, say to me, tell him you've been looking for a father for a long time. God wants to be your father. God wants to be your dad. And he said, I, he said look, he said, I'm a Christian, I believe God speaks to people. And I believe God wanted to let you know that you've you've had some issues with your dad and you've been looking for a dad he went, My dad abandoned me when I was a child. So I've been looking for a dad for years. <sighs> Not just <to> you, Rich. <coughs> we should have a little club. <laughs> and he said, um, God wants you to be, wants to be your dad. And he said, there and there, he said, he shared the good news, but he said, took hold of his hands, prayed for him. He said, he felt the Holy Spirit come on him. It was, was tears. they like, this stuff just doesn't happen in restaurants, does it normally? But it's like, you think well, you might be thinking, yeah, but I couldn't do any of that stuff. Yeah, kind of, I wouldn't run an alpha. I wouldn't organise an offering to Malawi. I couldn't do the prayer gazebo. I certainly would not be praying for waiters in restaurants. No, but what's your thing? What's he putting in you? What could you do? What's your thing? I mean, Rachel reminded me of a thing that happened when I was years ago. I, I seem to run into people who are demonically oppressed or kind of have issues with the occult. I mean, look, I'm not... That's, that's just the thing that I happen to run into people on the basis. I, I'm not going to expect that you do that. That's just how God happened to wire me. What's he doing in you? Where's your heart? Where's your opening? Where could you plug in? Now, don't get me wrong. This isn't a thing of like, come on, do this, do this, do this. This is... God is at work. God's been working through the years. And in case you think, yeah, but this is the United Kingdom. God's not really working. God works in Malawi. God works through Emmanuel in, in, in Uganda. God works overseas. This is the United Kingdom. We're hard. We, 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 God isn't working here. Look, Jesus says this in John chapter 5. He says, my father is always working. He's always at his work, and I too am working. And Jesus says, I do what I see the father doing. The father's doing stuff. Lean in for the adventure. In the way that he's made you to be. Unique. Don't copy me. Don't copy Rich. Don't copy the couple we're sending out. Don't copy Dave Collett. Be you. Be the you that God made you to be. Revel in it because God Before the foundation of the world, looked down through the ages, saw you and thought, I want them. And he wants you to be the people that you are designed and created to be. In the way that God wants to move in you and through you through the Holy Spirit. God's at work. And because God's at work, we can have confidence to pray. And... This is going to be my close and my action point. Because, I think it I was slightly cheekily. I mean, kind of I have a very irreverent irreverent sense of humour. And I kind of veer toward naughtiness. I'm sorry, I've been like it for years. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've underestimated. <laughs> so when people in a slightly religious context sometimes say, let's pray the... Prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, which is then generally followed by Our Father who art in heaven. I normally then feel prayer that Jesus taught us to say, Lord, you know that the fields are white for harvest, but the laborers are few. Lord, would you send out workers into your harvest field? And you kind of think, yeah, but that's not the Lord's prayer. I'm sorry, but hang on a minute. Luke 10 2 says that. The fields are ripe for harvest, the laborers are few. Pray earnestly, therefore, to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. That's a prayer of Jesus. It's a divine prayer. It's given to us by the living God incarnate. Say, pray this prayer. Pray this prayer. I wear a Fitbit have a bit of a struggle with my weight, have done for years. I've kind of gradually begun to get it under control a little bit. So I kind of so we, we walked down this morning, so I'm wearing this so I, I can track my steps and kind of Yeah, the bars of chocolate I ate last night weren't gonna be a great halt, but <laughs> we, it was that kind of an evening. But yeah, so um this is this is my kind of yeah, i I'm, I'm trying to kind of work with my weight a little bit. But not only does it count steps, you can set little buzz alarms to it. So I have set an alarm twice a day, 10.02, to remind me. And lots of people do it. And I'm saying that you have to do this. Luke 10:2, The fields are ripe for harvest. And sometimes we need to change our perspective because we think it's, the problem is with the harvest. Jesus is saying there's a harvest out there. God's at work pray therefore for the lord of the harvest to send out workers and so whatever i'm doing at two minutes past 10 i don't necessarily pray out loud sometimes you know i might be doing something else but in my head i'm saying lord of the harvest would you send out workers into your harvest field The fields are ripe for harvest. The problem isn't with the harvest. The problem is we haven't got enough laborers to handle the harvest. Would you send out laborers into your harvest field? In some way, shape, or form, I'm volunteering whatever you need to do. It's a divine prayer. And I'm going to ask you, I'm not going to ask for hands. I'm not going to ask for whatever. But I'm going to ask you, would you consider praying that? Whether it's once a day, twice a day, whatever it is, would you consider making that a regular part of your prayer life? And it's, it, it's not just a divine prayer, it's a dangerous prayer. Because, and I, for those of you who've heard me preach, you'll know that I'm a little bit disparaging of people who go a little bit theological and go, well, of course, the Greek word for this is this. And I think it's, it's important to know what the Greek word is and why it says it. But trust me, if I tell you what the Greek word is, it ain't going to help you when you go to work tomorrow. But you need to know what it means for you <laughs> And what the but it's an interesting word because like I said, the Bible uses and chooses its words carefully, and the Greek word here because we think it's like ask the Lord of the Harvest to send out workers into His harvest field, and you know we can think it's a bit twee and it's a bit nice. Don't get me wrong, I'm all for exporting hope. But we can think you know we're sending out a couple, and they're going out from us, and we're sending them, and we're exporting hope. Isn't that wonderful? And I'm not in any way disparaging that we're sending them out or where they're going to. But we can think, yeah, we're sending them out. It's great. We're exporting hope. Rich is preaching wherever it is. Or he's going to Uganda. Or Gordon's going to Uganda. Or we're, expen- we're exporting hope. We're sending people out. Isn't that good? Isn't that really, really good? And we can engage with that and thinking that we're, we're engaging with Luke 10 too. We're sending out workers into the harvest. In this. We're, we're exporting hope. We're sending them. That isn't what the word means because it's interesting the word that's used let me tell you the it's not used very often but let me tell you the other example or another example where it's used it's where jesus comes to people and he's saying if i drive out and expel demons by the finger of god then the kingdom of god has come among you it's the same word That Jesus is talking about demons. If I exorcise them. If I drive them out. If I expel them. It's the same word. And. What Jesus is saying here is. Ask the Lord of the harvest. To expel. Drive out. Throw out. Thrust out workers into his harvest field. Because sometimes. We can be a bit reluctant to go. You know. In the Acts of the Apostles, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high and then go and preach the gospel, make disciples in all nations, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. Holy Spirit falls on them, and they're having a great time in Jerusalem. And let me tell you, if we model ourselves on the Jerusalem church and we do what they do, we're not doing bad. Wonders, signs, meeting together, daily, temple court, house to house. Signs and wonders being done by the apostles, breaking bread in their homes. Not a single needy person amongst them people would sell homes people would sell possessions they'd leave the, lay, lay them at the apostles feet and say you take care of this and you do whatever you need to do with this money feed people in malawi feed people in jerusalem feed people wherever and he says there was not a needy person amongst them that's a great church but Jer- jesus said jerusalem judea they hadn't moved they hadn't gone Jesus said Samaria, they hadn't moved, they hadn't gone. Jesus said the ends of the earth, they hadn't moved, they hadn't gone. What happened? Persecution. Lord, we're praying against this persecution now in Jesus' name. We bind the powers of darkness that are persecuting us. We bind persecution, they're persecuted, they're scattered. It says all except the apostles were scattered and they gossiped the gospel wherever they went. Churches springing up everywhere because they gossiped the gospel wherever they went. What happened? I think perhaps they were praying for the Lord of the Harvest to drive out and expel workers into their harvest field, into His harvest field. It's a dangerous prayer. Anybody still keen on praying? Yet? Hmm. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not kind of. I'm not asking for your, your, your necessarily response or sympathy or whatever or what, but yeah, I'm just asking. This. There's a cost to this. But God is at work. Let's lean into the adventure because we've got a destiny ahead. The king is coming. The king is coming. And all those people who are currently saying, not my king, are going to be overtaken and overrun by the grace of God. And you could be the person to share the grace of God with them and see their life changed. How good is that? So that is very much my closing point, really. Because... A few weeks ago, I was saying that... I I preached from the passage of the woman at the well, where the opening is that it says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Well, my opening point was, well, actually, no, he didn't. But he went because mission was at the forefront of his mind, and he did what he saw the Father doing, and he knew that there was a woman who needed to discover the grace of God sat by a well in Sycam. And so, unlike the Orthodox Jews who would bypass Samaria which is what Jesus would have done had he been interested in religious orthodoxy, he just took the cut through to go to Sychar because he had an appointment with destiny and an appointment with a woman who needed to hear the grace of God. And let me tell you this, if you commit to praying a couple of times a day, just even a quick bullet prayer, Lord, Lord of the harvest, would you send out workers into your harvest field? There's a harvest out there. I don't see it. I know that song that says, you know, even when I don't see it, you're moving. Even though I don't feel it, you're moving. But you're always moving. You're always working. And you never stop working. Lord, lead me to the lost who are ready to be found. Would you, would you send out workers into the harvest field? Would you, would you even consider sending me or using me wherever it might be? i tell you what. If you pray that a couple of times a day, your mind starts to get engaged in possibilities for mission. You have weird dreams about perhaps doing Alpha again. You have, you know, whatever it is for you in your shape, in your sphere, in your world, in your influence, how God's made it to be, you'll find your heart opening up, your spirit beginning to see broader things. God challenging you with possibilities of of mission and the gospel and the power of god that could be so cool because the thing is is that two thousand years there was an outpouring and we're still living in the good of it you see when we believe you see we we don't just believe in the moving of the holy spirit just simply that we have slightly more interesting worship times and slightly less boring meetings and I'm, i'm not kind of that's not a dig anyway, or anything that we do or how we do it but jesus said you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you power to be my witnesses that's what it's for that's why the holy spirit comes on us it's not so that we can do yabba-dabba do yabba-dabba don't with an interpretation has to be an interpretation somebody prays out loud don't get me wrong i'm a big fan of praying in tongues but it's the, it, openings, it opens stuff up in your heart to the perception of power. And Jesus said, You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Be my witnesses. So, two points from the day God's at work. We know God's at work. There's a thread coming through what he's saying to us and what he's putting in our hearts about seed, about breaking up the ground, about we have a purpose and we're here for a reason. You are called into the kingdom for such a time as this. You have anointing, you have purpose, you have authority because there is a king. But I'm going to ask you, would you commit to pray, Luke ten two, once a day? twice a day, once a week, whatever. It's a prayer that Jesus taught us because there's a harvest. And I'd rather pray than have persecution to be truthful. I'd rather kind of think, well, let's... I mean, persecution's coming. We can see it, but let's embrace the call of God. Let's embrace the challenge of God. I'm not going to ask for a response. I just i'm leaving that up to kind of how you feel because quite honest with you it's like you know what do you feel are you in you gotta go for it father we want to say to you we acknowledge your call we hear your call we want to respond to your word we know that you're working Father, we know that you're working. Jesus, we know that you're working. Holy Spirit, we know that you're working. Whether we see it, whether we feel it. But we believe. We believe there's a harvest. We know that sometimes we have to plow. Sometimes we have to sow. Sometimes we have to water. Sometimes we have to reap. But we know that there's a harvest. And we know you've said, You need laborers. Would you please send out workers into your harvest field? And if there's some way, shape, or form that we can be used in that, here we are. Please use us. We're leaning into you for the adventure. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.